guys going? Do I sound manlier? Sounds so manly. Sick. Just so. Yeah, it's such <laughs> deep, gravelly, sexy voice. I'm very distracted by it right now. Oh, good. This is my Batman voice. <laughs> Hi, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Welcome to episode 39 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And uh, oh, we wow, get s- that was... Oh, I'm sick. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try <laughs> to keep this energy up. Em- embrace embrace oh, the graveliness of it. I feel bad because you've been sick a few times on the podcast. I, I might still be sick, actually. And now fact. it's now it's, it's finally caught up to me. Yeah. I hope you don't have bronchitis. I don't think so. Okay. No. That's, that's what I've had for about two weeks now. No, I'll be fine. It, it just persists. It's a real bitch, because once you have it, you just get it again really easily. Oh, no. And it just it lingers. It's we'll be fine. We're going to push through. We're going to power through. It's going to be good. No, it's fine. You're a little sick. I'm a little drunk. We're just going to go. <laughs> go it's the best, best combo for a podcast, guys. Oh, it's going to be great. Um, what are we talking about this week? Oh, we, have, we get some Harley. Yeah. And some great Clock Harley King, episode. Right? And, oh, my God. Okay, we watched the same such, episodes, right? Yes. Okay, because... such a soft spot for, like, time-themed episodes. I loved it. I mean, this one it just was slapped so dumb, in the face with time. It. Yeah, they actually. It took me a while to remember this. They di- they made this almost exact same plot in a um, Static Shock episode. Oh, they did. Yeah. Oh, here I was thinking it reminded me of the movie Clock Stoppers. Oh, I'm so glad you brought it up. And I didn't have to bring it up because I was like three sentences away from it. I, I think I I think I've seen that movie once. Clock I Stoppers. I don't know. Oh, my God. What's, what's the What's the main guy in that? What's his name? Oh, I don't. I haven't seen oh, that movie in I'm, years. I'm gonna have to look it up as as we're talking here. But yeah, we have those two. So we actually reached a weird point because according to Wikipedia, we the uh, the Amazon list, which is what we've been kind of running off of, is different than the quote-unquote official production list mm-hmm. on Wikipedia. And me being me, I did a ton of research trying to figure out what was the right order. And ultimately, I decided it was too much effort to try and figure it out. So there we're we just... For, for anyone who's we actually... We try and quit. <laughs> that's, that's the motto of this we, podcast. You try, and then you quit. I mean, that's just my life in general. Yeah. Uh, and so if, if you're watching along with us, which I think maybe some people are, uh, if you're not, really watch the episodes because it's way better than listening to us. Um, yeah, we're, we're second to the Amazon list or the, the DVD box set list, which is the same. So this week, it's Harlequinade and a time out of joint. Yeah. Um, before we get to that, using my usual segue, I, do we have a lot of comic book movie related news? Uh, I don't have I anything mean, DC I mean, related, really. Do you have anything? I mean, Wonder Woman came out. Wonder Woman and came it's been out. Murdering us because it's. We're recording this on Sunday. Comes, yeah. The podcast comes out in two days. And this is the first time in years I haven't seen a superhero opening like that Thursday night. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because I mean, you and I, we, we've seen. Batman and Superman together. We saw Suicide Squad together, mm-hmm. I think, on the Thursday. Yeah. Um, pretty much every Marvel movie we've gone and seen on the Thursday. And yeah, we, we've had to wait three days. And this is the first time it's been good. Yeah. And we supposedly, we haven't seen it yet. We're literally going right after this. Yeah. Um, to go see it because then we're doing our, our crossover podcast tomorrow, which I'm super excited about. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be good. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's the big news is that apparently it's out. It's good. We'll either confirm or deny that uh, once ever the crossover comes out. In, in terms of other news, I don't have much. I saw that there's a, a Sin City TV show in development. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, um, which I, I'm curious I how that'll that, adapt but... to television. I can see it working for television. So it, the the only thing we know so far is that uh, Glenn Mazzara, who I think was a showrunner on The Walking Dead at one point, I'm not sure if he still is. Um, he's a writer, and then Len Wiseman, who did the Underworld movies, right, and who worked on Lucifer, is directing. Both talented guys. Good stuff. 
What what's unclear is in the same press release they said that they're going to stick really close to the comics, but they're also going to deviate from the movies, which which doesn't make sense. Doesn't make any sense because those are like I think the frame by frame, like frame yeah, perfect. I mean, I mean, they are the most faithful comic movie adaptation. I say is out there. <clears throat> I haven't. Admittedly, I haven't seen the second movie. Oh, I haven't seen it either. Yeah, but the first one, spot on, yeah. spot on. Yeah, um, so cool. So, I mean, I think it's it's a, a world that's ripe for television. We're getting great television shows out now, these, like, limited series sort of things. Um, what network is going to be on, actually? Uh... I would guess, like, a TNT or a... Oh, we don't know yet. There's, oh, there's okay. not There's not a network yet. So, um, we'll see on that. But could be good. Yeah, probably an AMC. Yeah, might like be interesting. well there. Yeah. The only other thing I have is that uh, we've talked a little bit X-Men here and there. The new Mutants movie. Oh. They've been actually filling out the cast a little bit. Oh, boy. Um... So far, like pretty good. The, the rumored people are always Maisie Williams for Wolfsbane and um, Anya Taylor Joy for Magic. Okay, I know Maisie Williams. I don't know Anya Taylor Joy. Nope, I Bo- know Magic. Yeah, both seem good. Um, we're getting a few other people on here, but the the one thing that came out that I thought was interesting was that apparently, like every other X Men movie, it's going to be no costumes. So. <sighs> Just give us the I know, bright colors. God, I know. So I, you made a movie in the '80s, and you gave one person a mohawk. That's not '80s enough. I know. So the impression I get is that this is supposed to be. I, I, it sounds a little Stranger Things esque, like some organization kidnaps a whole bunch of children with mutant powers and locks them up in a hospital. They're trying to break out. Okay. Um, and there's like a horror element. So, Man. I mean, to be like to be fair, the superhero genre is so stuffed right now. It makes sense to try and. Um, differentiate your movies and pick something specific so the idea of having a horror comic movie is interesting but for me i'm just like give them fucking costumes make them superheroes the x-men are superheroes and we've had almost 20 years now of them not giving us superhero movies right not wait 20 years yeah close right 99 no uh 90 yeah 99 was the no it was 2000 yeah 2000 was the first x-men movie nearly 20 years yeah and i would argue that maybe first class is the closest we've gotten to like actual them being superheroes. Like right. The they had the color scheme. They had the color scheme. It's them going up against more or less a brotherhood mm-hmm. of mutants sort of thing. It, it kind of works in the mm-hmm. final battle there, but it just, this was my biggest problem with Logan too. It's like, it's a great movie, but you still haven't given us the X movie that I want to see. Oh, I have no qualms with Logan. It, it's not a, it's not a superhero movie for me. It's and, just, and I get that. And I, movie. and I appreciate it for that, but I just give me the fucking X-Men movie where the superheroes and they, even with apocalypse, the, the bigger offender here, they still refuse to do that. Oh, we'll give them costumes in the last five minutes. Bring that in somewhere else. Right. Um, it, you know, I'm, I'm hoping it's good. I always hope these movies are good, but I just want a fucking every superhero movie, movie. Every movie needs that, uh, first Spider-Man, costume building scene yeah and and we've reached a point now where you know with marvel especially and i mean even deadpool i mean fox itself has put out a movie where the hero is in the costume we know a modernized version and the last so a more realistic version but they're in the, the suit yeah just do it stop do holding you, back. do you think it's i mean for for deadpool is a little different because he was mainly cgi yeah um and i'm curious if that's like a Kind of jumping off of that point, because, you know, my brain isn't making connections right now. Yeah. Uh, do you think the Green Lantern movie has some, has like, plays mm. a small part in them not doing costumes? That's that's a good question. I don't know. I actually <laughs> haven't watched Green Lantern. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I know, right? I, I'm gonna that's s- impressive. I'm going to say no. Or mm-hmm. if it has a, if it is a factor, I think it is a tangent off of, um, well, frankly, Brian Singer and Chris Nolan, 
right? I mean, oh yeah, that's true. They launch franchises off of like grounded, realistic versions, and those have worked. But the counterpoint to that now is Marvel, mm-hmm. right? It's going a little <laughs> crazier and crazier. Yeah. So again, hope it's good. We'll see. Um, at least we know that we get to go watch Wonder Woman, and she's in her proper Wonder Woman costume. Yeah, and it's supposed to be good. Quite excited about it. Um, but you know. When we do want costumes, and the nice thing is we get a nice uh, Harlequin episode here where she's in her full costume. I'm yeah. really stretching these segues. But no, gonna, it's, I, it's I, working. I'm going to work on them. I'm going to force them. I'm going to make them work. Um, I love this episode. It was great. I mean, I as I'm watching it, I'm a, I was two things struck my mind. One, I was annoyed that I had to stop and pause it along the way to take notes because <laughs> I just wanted to watch it and enjoy it. And two, I was like, this would immediately go on my list of episodes you have to watch. Oh, yeah. It was, oh, I mean, it was our first solo Harley Quinn episode yeah, where she wasn't kind of trying to fight with Joker or or um, Poison Ivy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a little bit more of her backstory. We did, yeah. Um, is the first time they, they say her real name? You know, they don't. Um, they, they say Harleen. I don't think they do. Because I, 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 well, not? I don't know. I made, I made a wrong. note about um, when Batman goes to talk to her, he calls her Miss Quinn. Oh, that's true. Okay, and I was like, yeah. well, that's interesting. Like, are they not calling her Miss Quinzel? And I even looked up to see... And this episode came out in May of 1994, and Mad Love, which that's at least the, the definitive point where we knew that they had figured out her entire backstory and right. published it, was in February of 94. Okay. So, but as the episode progresses, we see that they bring in the elements of her being a psychiatrist and stuff. So they knew her origin mm-hmm. at the time of making this episode, clearly. Um, but as far as I can tell, as far as I remember, they don't actually ever call her Harleen or Quinzel. They still refer to her as Harley Quinn. Okay. Which is kind of... <laughs> Excuse me, folks. I'm still dying. That's fine. That's staying in the cut. So, <laughs> uh, so we we open this episode. Take it off. I got Just you. Go I got you. Yeah, um, we open this episode in a very similar. Uh, so it's like a an auction for an atomic bomb. Yeah, you know, Gotham has that. Why? I mean, okay. Why would you auction off an atomic bomb to a bunch of bunch of gangsters? What are they going to do with it? Uh, hold the city at ransom. But does that make sense for gangsters? I mean, the whole point of gangsters is they have like existing organized crime they found a way to make money off of a functioning city as it is yeah like, blowing up the city wouldn't that just kill their entire client base or even yeah, hold the city much. ransom like would that give them more explosion they want because the whole point is they operate at an underground level yeah it doesn't matter no it really doesn't though does it um but i liked i compared this a lot to joker's intro to the dark knight oh yeah i agree par- with that yeah uh it's very like there's i mean there's no awesome pencil scene no. Uh, but it's the same. Uh, Joker kind of rushes into this uh, gangster meeting. It's like, oh, I want to be a part of this. This looks like fun. And then yeah. he, uh, they're like, what are you doing here, Joker? He pulls a bomb out. Uh, very in in style with the, uh, the Dark Knight intro. Um, well, I love it, too, because everyone's bidding, like, $5 million and that sort of thing. The auctioneer is like, oh, come on, like... Someone actually bid like a worthy amount. He just chimes in like, "I'll give you nothing." Yeah, not a zip, zilch, like because that—that's him. He can just walk into this place. Mm-hmm. You guys, fill. You, you see how much power and terror Joker has. Yeah, so, like, like even the best gangsters in Gotham yeah. still fear him. We, we can presume that these are got to be some of the, yeah the top gangsters in the whole city. These guys are armed to the teeth with guns, mm-hmm. and they're fucking scared of this guy. Yeah. I mean, I would be, too, if he walks in with yeah. a bomb under his hat. Well, and, and I love it, too, because even the way he does the bomb thing, like, everyone basically evacuates except for, I think, the auctioneer. Right. Who's like, kind of one of the whole show, and he throws it to him, and the bomb detonates. And, of course, it's a dud, and it's yeah. just a little, like, jack-in-the-box pops out. 
And it's like... But then there's a third layer because right, it's, it spits out Joker gas. Which I thought was which interesting. Is terrifying. Well, yeah, because when, when it gets him, I feel like this is the first time we've seen someone get affected by the Joker gas and have that horrific smile. Yeah. Since Phantasm. Like that happened to Phantasm. It happens here. Yeah. It almost makes you wonder if they're just a little bit bolder now after Phantasm. Like they saw the, the, the positive reaction to him being. So menacing and scary mm-hmm. that they're like, okay, let's go ahead and push this element here. And again, credit to Paul Dini, who at this point is pretty much if there's if Joker or Harley, or usually it's both, is in the episode, he's writing it. Yeah, he's so goddamn. It's, I good. mean, Harley's his baby. He yeah. he created her. He knows her story. Yeah, and I I don't know if there's a person out there who can write the Joker better, better than, than Paul Dini. Now. I know, and it's this episode. It's so it's so good. Yeah. So we jump to. Um, Batman going to Harley for help. Yeah, because re- yeah, he needs someone who thinks like the Joker to find him. Help find the bomb. Yeah. Uh, and that's when he, he, he walks into her cell and he calls her Miss Quinn rather than Miss Quinzel. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Um, so they're, um, they make a deal. If she helps him <clears throat> find the Joker, they'll let her out of Arkham mm-hmm. uh, as long as you know, they don't double, she doesn't double cross. I mean, yeah. well, I mean obviously she's going to double cross him. Of course she is. Yeah. Um, Still and we have like by surprise when it happens. But, yeah, yeah, there's like a joke way she does it, and then there's a real way she does it later. Um, so they're on the hunt. Of course, the first place they go is the abandoned amusement park. Or not, it looked like a circus. It was, um, yeah, I don't know, it's just some old factory, some old funhouse or something. Yeah, yeah, funhouse is probably the best term. Yeah, uh, and we learn that Joker is actually kind of a mastermind, and yeah. like he pulls back these curtains, and there's. TV cameras of, or there's like security cameras set up at every kind of major area of Gotham. It's like what city hall, the mayor's office, Gotham police PD. headquarters. Yeah, yeah. He he actually knows what he's doing. Yeah, uh, and then we have a really interesting. Uh, Batman asks Harley, <laughs> "Why are you with this guy?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get a nice kind of background on why she kind of turned. Her whole life, she had to listen. She was a therapist, so her whole life she had to listen to other people's problems. Yeah. But she said Joker was the first one who listened to her, um, and it kind of like opened her mind. And he asks, like, why, like, what do you, like, how do you cope with all of the people that he hurts? She's like, oh, it's just a joke. Yeah, like none of this is real. And it, it, it really that along with when she puts on her suit, because this whole time she's in uh, like our Arkham. Yeah, the whatever. She's not in her Harley outfit. Yeah. She puts it on. She's like, "Oh, I feel like a human again." I think that yeah. sh- that tells a lot about the character. It does, yeah. Like, I I I love that scene. It, again, it's amazing. We're always talking about the efficiency of storytelling, but also the efficiency of character development. But look, in two lines of dialogue, they perfectly capture why Harley is the way she is. Mm-hmm. They they get down to not necessarily just that it's the Joker, but why she wants to be with the Joker, what the appeal there is. Right. Uh, <clears throat> and I mean, I'm always kicking the fucking DCEU movies, but, and I, and I think for the most part, they did a pretty decent job with Harley and Suicide Squad for all of the movies of their faults. But again, it, it just goes to show you that really at the end of the day, if you know what you're doing, if you know your characters, if you're a good writer, you can get this stuff done instantly. Yeah. You don't have to drag it out. Right. We don't need to know about who their mother is. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, Why'd you say that name? Sorry, also, that's fine. That. Um, <laughs> also, I love that. I mean, it's, oh, fuck, it's, you have a new phone. I have a new phone. Oh, yeah. nice. It's not broken anymore. <laughs> um, we, I mean, this is one of those like, of course, this is a Joker hideout. 
he yeah. has uh, pet hyenas. Oh, I love the hyenas. I are there. love that. And I'm like, like, of oh, course mom, he has hyenas. Mommy's back. And I'm yeah. like, wait, how long has hyenas been there? Because like, how long has she said this is the last hideout they use? So how long has she been away in Arkham and Joker's been whatever? Yeah. What have they been doing for? whatever that period of time eating is. all of the Weeks, kids months? that like try and break into the abandoned amusement park yeah i guess so i love when harley's around hyenas though because they're her babies yeah um so they go to um how do they get to the next location they, they don't they leave and batman radios robin it's like hey meet us at this this next spot harley said they've used it before okay Maybe the joker's hanging out there and so as they're they're breaking in harley says like oh there's no one's been here for months they open the door and it's an underground mobster speakeasy which is awesome it really is awesome and i i assume that she didn't know they were there right that she went right. there with with correct intent mm-hmm. and it just happened to be there um but i think this is maybe the best scene of the whole episode oh yeah i love the sequence i think there's only one other scene i mean uh so so they break in or they they get in the mobsters go after batman uh harley knocks him out gives him to the mobsters uh so it's like the first double cross Mm -hmm. uh but she sees robin in the window so she distracts all the guys by singing What's the song called? Um, I don't know what the song is. It's uh, Say That We're Sweethearts Again. Okay, yeah. But I, I even love that she... I, I think this episode is a great job of proving she's actually very smart. Yeah. Um, that she's not just a, a ditzy follower, that she's actually very clever. And so she even says out loud, it's like, oh my God, they would kill you. Like She says to the mobster, you would kill both Batman and me if you thought we were working together as a way to tell Batman, like, yeah. you have to trust me. I'm not, I'm not double-crossing you. Yeah, and like... I mean, that's I mean that's genius. It's just mm-hmm. so genius. Her approach, the way they handle the whole scene, mm-hmm. that's so good. Uh, and I don't remember the the guy who wrote the song, but he wrote one other song in this universe. Ooh, trivia. Do you remember what the song is? I, I did not know any of this actually. Oh, it's it's one of my favorite moments in the entire <laughs> DC animated. Oh universe. wait, hang on, hang on. I think I know. Let me guess. It's when Batman has to sing the song in the the club in the JLU episode. Why I'm blue. Yep. I love that scene because oh Conroy God. has such a beautiful singing voice. He does. I mean, that also one of my favorite moments in the whole run of everything. Yeah, because that's such a like bizarre episode. Because that's the one where Wonder Woman is turned into a pig. Because a pig, yeah, and Batman's trying to save her, and he's working with what Cersei and Zatanna, mm-hmm. I think, right? Yeah, and Cersei. The only way she'll will cure her is for if, if Batman sings. Yeah. And I mean, obviously we get to this eventually, but it makes sense in the context because it's 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 a sacrifice, mm-hmm. right? This is the uh, the man who is always so reserved and so stoic and everything so he seriously. Has to show emotion. Yeah, I mean, he has to be vulnerable, and that's a very vulnerable thing to go up and sing. And mm-hmm. that, I did it's not hilarious. know that. That's yeah. the same. This, so it, that's an, these are existing songs, right? That they're just used in this. Uh, are I they were written for the show, or I, don't... I think they were written for the show. Oh, okay. Because cool. this song, uh, jumping back to current episodes, yeah, uh, what we're here Harley's to talk about, song, right? Harley's song is is very depressing because it's it is it's talking about all the abuse that she gets from the Joker yeah but she keeps crawling back she's going back to him yeah I didn't know if it was like a parody off an existing song or, or an original. I think there were original songs okay it, it, it's I mean it's a fun moment because again it's it's her being smart she's distracting them so the Robin can come in and help mm-hmm. um but it also shows that she has a lot of self awareness more more so than we think she does given everything else she does all the time. Right. We we see her over the past few episodes. We've seen her really step out of the role of sidekick. Yeah. Into her own independent kind of character slash villain. Yeah. Which is amazing if you consider the fact that she was created for this show and she's been in maybe what a half dozen episodes. 
yeah. that she's had this much development right up front. And you think about the fact that this is almost 20 or well, more than 20 years ago now mm-hmm. that this happened and to think she has all that history since then. But like the, the work was done here first. Right. In yeah, I would say five episodes she's been in so yeah, if, far. Yeah, if if that. Ah, good on you, Paul Dini. Yep, you know how to you know how to write them. Yeah, well, and and I love it too. Uh, so in that speakeasy, the the main guy there, Boxy Bennett or Bennett. Um, did you recognize his voice by chance? Uh, I did not. So it's he's voiced by Dick Miller, the same voice as Chucky Saul from Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, right. Oh, Mask of the Phantasm, <laughs> so good. Um, uh, okay, so they finish the song. Batman and Robin beat up all the villains. As you do. Uh, Harley comes in and helps. Uh, I love the like interaction <coughs> right afterwards where Robin is like oh, trying to yeah. get used to Harley being there. It's like, what? What did she do before this? Like, she was a therapist. Like, oh, that makes sense. Oh yeah. Oh, it all makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and then uh, so they find they find out that um, the Joker has kidnapped the mayor. Yeah, because the the mayor is refusing to evacuate the city, even though there's an atomic bomb on the loose. And then Harley realizes like, Oh, well that's Mr. J. Like, yeah, he's, that's Joker's work. Yeah. The best thing you could possibly do is to silence the mayor. And again, she, she gets it. Mm-hmm. What I love is that we see this, this storyline all the time. We're like, Oh, the villain teams up with the hero. The hero recruits the villain to help. Mm-hmm. She actually did save the day. Oh yeah. Just from that oh, moment. 100%. Yeah. That moment alone, not to mention everything happens after this. That if she weren't there, this wouldn't have happened. And right. it actually justifies the whole nature of the story. Mm. Yeah, because then they go out to the mayor yeah. Hamilton Hill's house. Well, they even there was there was one <clears throat> line which I really loved uh, because it, it it also shows Harley's like how she's just as kind of twisted as as Joker. Yeah, uh, and like it's right after they that she makes the connection that Joker has the mayor. She's like, I'm not your typical blonde bimbo. I'm not even er. Jokes on you! I'm not even a real blonde. I, know. I wrote that down too. It's like, so good. It's, it's great. Oh, she's oh, so funny. Yeah. Because then, <coughs> excuse me, still dying. Um, they go out to uh, to Maris Hill's house, and of course the Joker is there. He's got Hill tied up. The atomic bomb is sitting next to his pool. Yeah. Um, and they go and unsup- so Batman leaves Harley locked up in the Batmobile. But I love this too that she gets out because she had a fake hand. So Batman handcuffs yeah. her to the the gear shift, and then she just pops the hand off and and breaks out. So then, um, right as Batman and Robin are about to take them, the Joker she shows up and uses one of Batman's gadgets from the Batmobile to pin Batman to a tree and to to lasso Robin mm-hmm. essentially. And she turns on him, and it almost works. Yeah. Uh, well, there there was one little moment in there mm-hmm. which I really wish they would have made a joke about this, and it's when Batman and Joker start fighting. Joker pulls the like lawn umbrella. Oh yeah, and I'm like, I would have loved for like him to mock the penguin in that moment. Oh, that's that all I wanted. Yeah, they could have had like, just a, a one throwaway line. Yeah, him just like make the like some like nose joke or some bird joke, but it's fine. It was it was a sl- small missed opportunity, but in the rest of the episode still makes up for it. Yeah. Um. So Joker sets the bomb to go off in ten minutes. They get into the uh, plane that just landed. And Robin kind of sh- uh, screams out to Harley, like, oh, it's a good thing we brought you here because Joker didn't have enough time to go and save you. Nope. Uh, and that's when Harley, like, the gears start to click of, like, oh, yeah, what were you going to do about me? It's like, oh, of course I was going to save you. And then it's like, well, what about what about all our friends? What about Poison Ivy and Mad Hatter and everyone? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I was, <laughs> was going to save them, too. He's like, oh, what about the hyenas? Yeah, what, what about, about our babies? What about our babies? 
<laughs> he's like, no, I don't care about them. He's oh, like, but our babies. Yeah, I love babies. His, his response is he's shoving the plants. I'll buy you a goldfish. Yeah, <laughs> like, I love that. Yeah. Because uh, this, I mean, this ending had like a real threat. It did, yeah. Uh, I mean, it wasn't like a giant hole opening above New York City like we always get, but it was still a threat, which was awesome. Yeah. I mean, um, they're able to defuse the bomb pretty easily once the Joker flies off in his plane. Yeah. But again, I love it because his ego comes back. Like, even before the Joker and his henchmen know that the bomb has been defused, the Joker's insisting they go back and they try and kill <laughs> Batman and one presumes Harley. Because yeah. they wanted, he wanted to, which I think is kind of funny, he wanted to kill Batman before the bomb killed him. Yeah, that's exactly it. His ego comes back and it, 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 it keeps him from succeeding yeah which happens all the time um but it's great because harley's pissed now yeah uh so joker like swings back around in the plane he's shooting everyone and harley has like a harley themed grapple grappling hook yeah uh that she shoots at the joker and it knocks him out and he kind of shoots his own plane down Mm -hmm. uh does blow up the bomb luckily um and we get like a very intense very similar to joker's favor we had a very oh, yeah. intense ending where she's holding a gun against the Joker. Like, you've hurt me for the last time. I can't handle this abuse anymore. And, of course, it's a, it's a joke gun. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, Which oh, I could Which she couldn't. didn't know. She, yeah, she didn't know. And she yeah. still pulls the trigger. But that's, like, that's why they're so perfect for each other. They're so, you know, insane that, that the fact that it's a fake gun shows, like, oh, we were meant to be together. Yeah. Well, you, you can almost see from the Joker's perspective of, like, he tells her, like, you don't have the guts to do it. Mm-hmm. And then she pulls the trigger. And even though it happens to be a fake gun, you can almost see him going, like, oh, I respect you more now because yeah. you're willing to do that. She, I think that's the final step from her being a sidekick. Yeah. Like, she's now completely independent. Yeah. And he kind of respects her more for it. Yeah. In a weird fucked up way. And so, of course, they end up getting back together. Mm-hmm. I like that, like... They, they, I mean, most of the episodes end with the villains being captured, but this one ends with the two of them hugging, and it, like, does a very, like, Looney Tunes zoom, or, like, oh, yeah, black like, uh, what would, um, would you call that one? Like, yeah, vignette. Yeah, black like, vignette um, kind of coming into a heart around the two of them. Yeah. Uh, it was very, there were a lot of, like, you could see Paul Dini and uh, Bruce Timm's uh, Tiny Tune experience. Oh, yeah, coming into play here. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's. It's so good. It was a good episode. It's amazing. Like, and uh, so I, I looked at uh, this. Was the one bit of trivia I found was that uh, Harlequinade is apparently when uh, a, a play um, where the Harlequin rather than the clown plays the principal role. So that's like okay, where the name came from, which kind of makes sense. That's interesting. But I mean, it really is. I say maybe more than any other episode. It's absolutely Harley's episode. We get her. Yeah. We get her backstory. 100%. Um, we get her motivation for why she was the Joker. That she is this weird kind of middle ground that she is aware enough to fight against the Joker when she realizes what's going on, but she's still in love with him and it's, she's incredibly complex. And yeah. I, I think this may be her best chance to show that sort of complexity. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right up there with, of course, um, Harley and Ivy. Like I think mm-hmm. those two episodes. God, just, yeah. She's so good. Yeah. I mean, Paul Dini, I mean, it's his baby. She, he knows how to, how to create her. Yeah. And how to show her off. Ah, I, I love it. Such a good episode. Yeah. Uh, any other notes? Uh, um, that's that's kind of all I had. Okay. Uh, so fun. Real quick, our uh, our sponsor this week is This American Lie. Ooh, is that so? Micah, Micah does that. Stuff? Yeah. 
I know they haven't done a live show in a while. Maybe they have. I'm a little, mm-hmm. a little lost. In I that. haven't seen them in a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's like um, This American Life, but it's all improvised. It's in mm-hmm. the style of NPR. Um, but good folks on that one. So uh, here's the promo for it. Have you ever been listening to NPR and thought to yourself, gosh, I love the human interest aspect, the dulcet voices of the hosts, the promise of totes, but I just hate how true it all is. That's where we come in. It's This American Lie, an hour of improvised NPR. We're a lot like that other show, but we make it all up in front of a live audience every second Saturday at the Nerdist School stage. Find show and ticket information at NerdistSchool.com or catch the podcast on the Nerdist School Network. Search for us on iTunes. Yeah. So go. Yeah. Go check that one out. Uh, quick uh, kind of <clears> half bat <throat> plug for Micah because I've been seeing him pop up more on YouTube. If anyone, if any listener is a fan of Good Mythical Morning with Rhett and Link, he's becoming more of a prominent figure. Him and Colin, if you remember Colin. Yeah. Uh, they have their own sh- they have their own show on what? Good Mythical More. What's that? I don't or, know sorry, that um, it gets mythical. Something something with mythical. Okay. Um, where it's like a bunch of comedians have their own little shorts. Uh, and mm-hmm. Micah and Collins is uh, kind of cooking with power tools. That sounds awesome. Which is awesome. so what? weird. And it's so funny. The last one they did was they built a, um, a, a smoker out of a um, drying, drying machine. Okay. And it, it's hilarious. They're, they're so great together. Oh, that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, people will go check that out. All right. I'll, I'll, they, do, they do good stuff. I'll include that in our plugs this week. Yeah. I'll have to go check this out as well. Um, but, yeah, so that takes us on to time out of joint clock king clock king. oh i have such a soft spot for this episode it's, it's such a too. dumb plot it really is but i love it and this is one of the ones that i know i've seen before like i remember watching this mm-hmm. as a kid um because specifically the the sound yeah of whenever he's like jumping in and out of the the time thing which we'll get into like has a very distinct sound i remember that mm-hmm. um I like this episode a lot. I actually think I like this maybe more than the last Clock King episode. I, I think I like the last Clock King better because okay. it's a better telling of the character. This one is more fun. It is more but fun. But it's, yeah. it's not Clock King. Like, any villain could have done this episode. That's true, actually. Yeah, it just happens to fit the whole time mm-hmm. motif. Yeah, there's, um, like, two moments where they're, like, he gets away and, like, oh, it's because he knew the, the schedule of this thing. Yeah, and it's like, well, it's, yeah, it's, that's true. Yeah. So, like, his skill set has always been, like, yeah, this, over-planning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, any villain could have done this. Yeah. And like I said at the beginning, this plot is done again by another villain in Static Shock. I don't remember um, the Static Shock episode. It's, it's, a, it's a weirder, <laughs> it's a, a weirder idea, because he's not stealing anything. It's uh, Virgil's kind of girlfriend, friend Daisy, mm-hmm. uh, has a stalker. Okay. And he can kind of I I'm just gonna call it the speed force because I don't have a better way sure. to phrase like moving at a faster <laughs> pace. Uh, he can kind of enter the speed force and he's been stalking Daisy. Um it's kind of around the city. And so uh static figures out that he can move at super speed. He has like a device similar to this episode. Um and he like zaps it so they're both stuck in the speed force war realm. Um hmm. it, it was I was trying to remember because the character also his uh, the villain his suit is very much just like a flash knockoff suit. Oh, okay. It's like a white. It's like instead of being red, it's just like a like an orange red. Uh, there's a circle in the middle, and he has he doesn't have the lightning bolt ears, but it's still like the spandex. Basically the same thing. And so I was trying to remember. I'm like, this is like a Justice League episode, right? Because the Flash is in it. 
Like, no, that's that's just the villain looks like Flash it's because just... they didn't really try. Well, I mean, it's orange. So it's halfway between Flash and Reverse Flash. Yeah. So that's perfect. Yeah, it works out great. Oh, man, we'll get there eventually. Yeah. I'm, everyone will forget that I've mentioned it at this point no, when we get there. I'm sure. Uh, but this yeah. episode. But this episode, yeah. Um, first off, it's the new intro. I made a note about that, too. Yeah. Uh, this, they actually planned this episode to be the first one that uses the new intro. Oh, was it that way? Mm-hmm. Oh. Because um, WB had – was it WB? Whoever yeah. was sponsoring the, well, the show at this time. Fox was, it Fox? was airing yeah. it. Well, but was that still the case? Whatever studio was airing it, they asked uh, – which is very obvious in the past few episodes we've seen. They asked for Robin to be a more prominent figure in all of these episodes. And if you think about it, he's been in pretty much every episode this season. Um, yeah, he has. Which was half because they – or the main reason was they wanted, or they saw that Robin was bringing in the younger audience. They mm-hmm. had something to relate to better, especially since a lot of these plots are a little older. Yeah. Um, but I think another reason was they were trying to hype up um, Batman and Robin coming out soon. Not Batman, uh, Batman Forever coming well, out uh, uh, the next year. That, was, that, could, that could be. Because that was 95? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this episode aired in October of 94. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And yeah, Forever would have come out in summer of 95 so yeah i guess that's probably the case mm-hmm. um i didn't realize this was the first episode because i know that um starting with basically after phantasms is starting with um sideshow like that was the beginning of the second season right and that's interesting i thought from that point on it was considered the adventures of batman and robin and the, just the, the the weird way that the um the dvds and also amazon has done where they have like inconsistent interest i didn't know that that's cool mm-hmm. i like the new intro I mean, I don't think it's as powerful as the original. No. Uh, it, it's definitely a little more... It's not as dramatic. No. There's a lot more lighting and... Yeah. They just, it's, it's still good. It's still fun. They basically but, just took clips from Robin's Reckoning and... And spliced um, it into the in- yeah, original intro. Yeah, and then um, the Ghul episode. Yeah. Um, the Demon's Quest. You know, mm-hmm. spliced in there. But yeah, I, I was excited to see it nonetheless because I thought we weren't going to. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so it opens up with uh, Bruce and Dick at a charity auction. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruce and, showing off how rich he is, as I know, always. Right now, just being a total dick about it too. And uh, what was like a, a Louis the Sixteenth mm-hmm. clock was going up for sale, um, and super tacky, according to to Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And so we we see um, the clock king, gold Temple Fugit, kind of walking towards it, and then all of a sudden he just like disappears and mm-hmm. he swipes the clock, and he goes outside and he's like, oh, good trial run accomplished he just throws the clock away like yeah. he wasn't even there to actually steal something so right well, he just wanted to try we we don't know what he wanted to try out yeah but he's up to, he's up to some mm-hmm. sort of shenanigans so i i did appreciate because i forgot until this episode that we already had an invisible man episode and they mentioned it yeah yeah uh, yeah batman mentions the coordinates like oh because they they can see on the camera that a an arm momentarily appears swiping the clocks so they know it's not just an invisible guy mm-hmm. yeah but i like that they brought that up yeah it was, it was a nice little callback to yeah. an episode that I very much forgot about. Because it's a terrible episode. Yeah. There's that. I, I also liked uh, that they give the clockling a slightly new look this time. Because he's got a nice yeah, he's crisp got the... black suit. I think the cane is the same, though, isn't it? I, I don't remember, but I love that cane. I think, yeah, the, the cane, which is in the shape of a, a hand of a clock. Mm-hmm. I think the cane's the same, but this time, <laughs> last time he had a, a brown suit right. and bowler hat. And this time he's got a black suit, black tie, and bowler mm-hmm. hat. And just, because he's also kind of playing the role of a butler. This is true. And yeah, I think that's discovered. why he had yeah, the, the color part change. Of it. But I mean, just in general, a black suit is better than a brown suit. I'm oh, just, yeah. I mean, come on. Um, brown suit. So. Bruce. Ha- oh, so suit. then we jump to uh, the scientist's house. Dr. Wakati. Yes. 
um, who is, uh, they, they phrased it in such a weird way. And it was just like, he is the professor of quantum temporal theory, which oh, I wrote is that the down structure as well. of time. The structure of time. Yeah. He, and he's doing some sort of weird experiments with time distortion. So he's, mm-hmm. they have these little devices and it, it's, it's kind of like, um, like an S yeah. sort of thing. It's like an asymmetrical, um, like weird S sort of shaped, kind of like a recorder. It almost looks like you have a tape in it because it's all looped. Regardless. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Um, but yes, yeah, so no, we got it. We got to sell the scene. Gotta, I know. Okay, yeah. So it it's it's a little gray device. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's like a question mark kind of, but symmetrical, but not on a like a, a like a horizontal a axis, axis, like a diagonal axis. Yeah, yeah. They they yeah. get it. <laughs> yeah. But so he has two experiments going on. One is uh, he is trapped a falling ball. In like a stasis field, so that it's been falling for another thing, a number of like days, like a week, a week, and it's like barely moved. So mm-hmm. he's basically um, slowed down one object relative to uh, natural time. Yeah, and another uh, plant is going through like a rapid cycle. Started as seeds, and within a matter of minutes, it's it's bloomed and blossomed and died and fallen back apart. Mm-hmm. So he has ability to um, put things a phase out of standard time. Yeah, drastically alter time. Yeah, exactly. But for like a, a contained thing, whatever yeah. is around that device. And so clearly, uh, the clock gang has stolen one of these things mm-hmm. and is using it for his own scheme. Which I, I mean, I shouldn't question anything in this episode, but yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess, I guess it makes sense. Never mind. I was going to say how, because I forget in my head, he's slowing the world down around him, but he's actually speeding himself up. I guess I, that, that part kind of. It doesn't really make sense. Well, I mean, it, it kind of, I mean, obviously, no, but I was thinking, because you see everyone else freeze around yeah. him, you you think that everyone else, he stopped everyone else, because usually when you see time stop, everything freezes, and you can just move, but instead, like, the, the tube would just be above him, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, like we said before, it's like clock stoppers, <clears throat> you're moving really, really yeah. fast, and everything's clock slow stoppers. around <laughs> I want to, I know they had, like, a jingle, and I know that's not it. Let's just but say it is. I want it to be clock stoppers. They're stopping that, some clocks. That that's a that's a jingle for something else. Um, crossfire. Yes. Oh my thank god. You. <laughs> oh man. Welcome to the '90s flashback podcast. Oh, this we, week we're talking about crossfire. We may have never been more '90s. Oh, that I, that reference. Did you have right crossfire? Growing no, up? but a good friend of mine did. Oh man, it was the best. <laughs> <laughs> I was finding those little, like those little, little marbles, pellets, little balls, like little pellets. Years yeah. after I stopped playing <laughs> that game, like I think I got it. I had to have been like elementary school when my parents got me that game, and I remember yeah. finding those balls through me packing up for college. Oh my god! They, I don't know how they traversed the house, but they got everywhere. They just rolled around. Yeah. you know, they just like fall out of a drawer and just roll across and cross up somewhere. Fire. Crossfire. Oh Jesus, man! Might as well turn on some Nicktoons here. Maybe with some watch, some salute your shorts, and uh, play oh, some man. Crossfire. I mean, <laughs> we 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 already did a uh, uh, that's told by Ginger. Plug that's true. <laughs> a few weeks ago. God. Oh, the '90s. Oh, the back the good old days. The good old days when the economy was booming and everyone was happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so sleeping with your assistant was the worst thing you could do as a president. <laughs> well, as an intern, that's fine. It's all yeah. the same shit. Um. But yeah, so what were we talking about? Um, okay, yeah, so these, devi- these devices that, that change time. And actually, if, if anything, the, the idea of like, I don't know why, maybe because we've seen it more often, the idea of like being trapped in a tunnel that like makes you move faster and everything almost makes more sense than the opposite one where it's like it slows you down to the point where the world's moving way fast be around you. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. 
But yeah, so the Clock King is using this for his own means, and of course he's using it to try and get back at Hamilton Hill, whom he hates. Mm-hmm. Um, and Batman is onto him enough to go and stake out the um, city hall. And so Clock King tries to like successfully breaks in to try and attack <clears throat> Hamilton, Hill, right, Mayor Hill. Um, but Batman hears them in there because he uses the device to just move around everybody, and then like sets off a strobe and a fight ensues. Um, he tries to escape, and one of his devices breaks. Yeah. But he has a spare. Mm-hmm. Right? He has a spare. Yeah. yeah. He has two spares, technically. Well, that's true. He does. He puts yeah, one, he on, he the puts one on the Batmobile. Yeah, so he, he able, he's able to get in there, fuck up, get out. For for someone, I, I guess we can bring this up later, but I want to talk about it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, they go into the professor after this, and he's like, this is still an experimental thing. For this being like an experimental device, he has Dozens of them built. He has so many. I, I didn't keep track, but there has to be about a dozen used yeah. in this episode. Uh, so right? we see in the we see the two. I mean, we'll, we'll count the two later, but just the ones that Clock King uses. Uh, there's three in this scene because yeah. he breaks one. He uses one to escape. He puts one on the Batmobile. Yeah, he has another one he uses again later. Clearly, mm-hmm. he um, has one that he, he uses. leaves to trap the Doctor. Yep. Um. At least one more, if not two more, that Batman and Robin use. Uh, three more, because Batman has two. That's right. Because he, he, can, he can speed up in the speed force. Oh, my. I know. This, yeah. Because it, it gets kind of crazy. So we're, we're at about eight. We'll yeah. Say. At least of those. Yeah. And so um, they 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 somehow figure out they need to go talk to Dr. Wakati. Mm-hmm. So they're on the way out there. And uh, one of the devices, the clocking has taped to the bottom of the Batmobile. So it goes off. And it traps them in... Slow motion, essentially. So the world is going on around them much, yeah. much faster. And this, Batman says one line that actually really pissed me off. Oh, is it the physics line? Well, he says that the, the, the real challenge there is that mass increases with speed because of equals MC squared. Right. That is not how that fucking equation works. Mass is a constant. That's why you have the same mass on Earth as you say you do in the mood. Weight is like based off of gravity, not mass. Mass is always the same. The E is energy, yeah. right? Equals mass times the speed of light squared. Energy fluctuates with speed, not mass. God damn it, Batman. Get your fucking physics right. Yeah. You have all this money. You should be able to hire Einstein. I know, right? It just, it really, I mean, I get it. They're like, they're just setting up the tension in that moment that like all the cars around them, if one of them hits them, it's going to be a huge disaster. Would that be true though? I mean, it, it. So he's okay. He's wrong about the fact that mass increases with speed, but momentum, mm-hmm. which is mass times velocity, yeah, thank you physics, does increase with speed. Mm-hmm. So yes, if that were true, if for example, if everything around them was constantly increasing in speed, the longer they stayed in that space, the more momentum theoretically something could have if it hit them, mm-hmm. and then but it would just affect them, right? Because in in my mind, from the outside. You just see a parked car. You would see a parked car, yeah. But and so if you hit it, if, if, you wouldn't be hit. But Batman and Robin, who are experiencing this time flux, they would be. Yeah, and so they would explode. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I suppose if I guess if you if their velocity was, you can't be less than zero. So, right. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's no different. It's as long as a moving object collides with a stationary object and the the change from kinetic energy to potential energy is catastrophic then it's a problem this everyone must be loving this podcast i know all right look (laughs) hey i have an engineering degree that's literally hanging on the wall upside down behind us yep (laughs) but 
I do know some of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, Mr. Burns, my physics there teacher in high school. He was amazing. Yep. Thank you, Mr. Rowley. He was my physics teacher. Yeah. He taught me that, that cats used to run the world and that Pluto's a uh, spaceship. Okay. Yeah, that's basically true. He was the best. <laughs> Sounds like a crazy person. Oh, he <laughs> was. And he was awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So but anyways, they're, they're trapped there and they, they get out. Batman launches his grapple to the floor of the car and they... Mm-hmm. They get out of there, and they get out there to Wakati's house, and he has set up his his mansion, which, tangent here, it looks a lot like the house that Dr. Ivo lives in in Justice League. So he, Dr. Ivo is the guy who built who builds Amazo, the robot that oh, takes on. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. I, it looks like the same house. I, I, I can't remember similar. it that well. Um, I, just, I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they, if they reused assets like that. They might. Yeah, those Disney are does episodes. Disney does it all the time, all, all the fucking time. Yeah, everyone who dances in a Disney cartoon. I love those those, those compilations, those videos. Yeah, it's like Robin Hood and uh, Jungle Book. Uh, Jungle Book are all the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so we, maybe it's the same house. I don't know, but they they get out there and Wakati's like, oh yeah, like my my butler is crazy and he's trying to kill the mayor. Like, but he's gonna try and kill him in two minutes. Yeah, I did love. So <laughs> it is it is. I mean, obviously this whole episode is kind of dumb, but I think yeah. that's like the smartest plot device. Like, because before you see them stuck in the time warp, uh, Clock King, about 48 hours. Yeah, Clock King yeah. goes to him, he's like, I need you to build me more of these because this one broke. And so they do give him, because it's not instant, they do actually yeah. give him 48 hours. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting plot device where yeah. they just like stop the characters progressing so the rest of the world can prepare for the next scene. Yeah. Which I think is hilarious. It's like the only time that actually happens that way to make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they, yeah, they have two minutes to get from way out in the countryside where <coughs> where uh, Wakati has built his house deliberately with no phones or anything like that to avoid electromagnetic interference, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, blah, blah. Airplanes, blah, airplanes. Blah. Yeah. So they th- and this is kind of a cool scene. They use the devices to make themselves moves super fast mm-hmm. on the bat bikes yeah. to get back to the city. It felt very Tron. It did feel me. very Tron. Yeah, because they have like the light. Uh, they have, like the light streaks coming behind them. Yeah, you can just see them like, whoosh, go yeah. bad and roll. It's it's kind of a fun. It's kind of a fun scene. But mm-hmm. yeah, they get back there uh, just in time to see uh, Mayor Hill about ready to like, his comedically gigantic Gallagher yeah, hammer. His, his massive which like is gavel. so unnecessary. Like he can barely lift. Yeah, I feel like this is a Joker episode. Yeah, pretty scene. much. And yeah, and so Clocking has stuck a, a bomb underneath it. So as soon as the hammer hits, it sets off the bomb, and they get there just in time to see like the hammer. Mm-hmm. hitting the podium because Batman and Robin and the clocking are all moving in super speed, which they shouldn't be in the same field though. Would you be able to see each other? Like think about it. Like each device is independent of the other ones. Right. Mm-hmm. So I mean, but I guess relatively speaking is if you're moving fast and someone else moving fast, you'd be able to see them moving at the same yeah. speed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say that's true. Mm-hmm. But then if you use two devices, <laughs> two, yeah. Oh God. So, Batman becomes the Flash. Yeah, go, go, go ahead and explain this uh, to us. It's so kind of ridiculous. I'm, I'm going to try. It's also kind of fun. Uh, so the hammer hits. The bomb starts exploding, which doesn't make sense because we just saw in the like in the scene before that this the slow mo time like will stop gravity. So this bomb wait stop gravity. Well, they said the they were oh, dropping the iron ball and it was um, a week and it only moved ten millimeters. Oh, actually, yes, yeah, you're right. That's a good point because it wouldn't actually. Yeah, you're right. That it really doesn't hold up because it says it's slowing down time, but time's not the factor there. Gra- okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Gravity's force is the factor there. Anyway, okay, go mm-hmm. on. <clears throat> go uh, on. So the the bomb starts exploding. Uh, Batman has a third hidden time stopping device, 
which he uses to slow down the bomb even more. And at the same time, uses it to speed himself up because he can run super fast to the the Gotham River. Uh, and this, I don't know if, if you had this flashback moment, but it felt very much like the 1966, him holding the giant bomb above his head. Some days he just can't get rid of a bomb. Yeah. Yep. That was the exact, I, I, that's all I could see when watching him just run away with the bomb. <laughs> um, so then he, it's like, kind of silly. Yeah. yeah. He throws it in the river and it, it explodes. But then I, I brought up that question before of like, if someone hit him, nothing would really happen. Because he talks about if you put kind of one device, have it interact with something in uh, another time field, it would cause this massive explosion. He has a bomb in like three layers of time field. Yeah. So I make contact with water. Wouldn't that cause? I mean, it's, it's obviously we're thinking too much into this. But the bomb goes off. Everyone's safe. Batman comes back, breaks the Clock King's device. Um, and then sends him to jail. Yeah. And that's the end. <laughs> that's pretty much the end of it. Yeah. It's just like, well, and that, that's it. I mean, but it's, look, it's, it's silly. It's so silly. It's so oh, silly. And but then, I think it's a lot of fun, though. Yeah. <coughs> uh, Damn it. We're almost there. We, we can, we can finish this I know. out. One of these weeks, I'll, I'll not be dying. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's a it's a cool idea, but like I said at the beginning, this could be an episode that any villain could have done. I agree. I do agree with that. Um, yeah, I kind of because like they they go into the physical kind of aspect of the time stopping power, which isn't Clock King's game. He's he's you know he's the probably the smartest not smart but the most tactical villain Batman has to face, and yeah. he never we never see that. No. We yeah, never see him like this. Could be someone this. else's scheme. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's time related, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, I feel like as someone who is so meticulous with time, this would probably, like, in a real scenario, this would probably really piss him off. Probably would, yeah, because he has a whole up. new, like, a whole new dimension of time he has to take, yeah. uh, well, take account for. Because his whole thing relies on the fact that time is constant. Yeah, that he can always rely on time, and all yeah. of a sudden now that throws it all off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I, I love, too, that at the end of the episode, uh, the doctor's like, well, I guess I'll just keep this technology away from everyone, despite all the amazing things earlier that I said it could do. Right. And, yeah, but, you know, it's the world's not ready for it yet, so back into the shoebox it goes. Yep. Good old doctor. I know. It's, I know. It's, it's silly, but I, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. Watching it. Like, Harlequinade is actually a great episode that's fun. Mm-hmm. This one's, I wouldn't call it great, but I really This is it. one of those, uh, we, we say it a lot, the bad good episodes. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. I'd agree with you. It's like it's like the Batman and Robin, yeah, of 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 episodes. God damn, is it fun to watch? But it's, mm. it's it's far from amazing. This, so I I really wanted to make the because I think I joked about this with you last time. Um, in the first episode, Clock King is definitely the Vin Diesel of this world because he can't die because <laughs> he can't die and he always has to be one step ahead of everyone. <laughs> and I remember going into this episode being so excited, like he's the Vin Diesel of this of this world. <laughs> And he wasn't, and I got kind of sad. Can you can you imagine if they? He's uh, also bald. He's also bald. It's perfect. If they, if they if they introduced the clocking into the DCEU and they cast Vin Diesel, that would make my just, whole life. Can you imagine like the super like dry technical dialogue that he would have to deliver, but just as Vin Diesel? And of course, you'd have a, like a nice suit made out of white denim. Oh my god! As he's doing it with ripped sleeves, <laughs> with, yeah, just white denim tuxedo, no sleeves. 
I don't know if they can put a hat on him. Probably not. That's you're you're talking about my dream movie right now. <laughs> can this be a solo Clark King movie? I don't want anyone else in this movie. Maybe maybe Black Adam can make an appearance. We can have more rock Vin Diesel action. Time to die. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. That's or I'm gonna write this movie. Ah, uh, give it time. It'll happen. Yep. <laughs> It'll happen. Um. Uh, do you have any more notes for this episode? I, I don't. That's that's the the grand extent of my notes on this one. Yep. So Vin Diesel, Clock King, we're Vin gonna Diesel. make it happen. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, while we're writing that, we need to find a way to keep ourselves entertained. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Segway. Uh, Cameron, what have you been doing to keep yourself entertained since I saw you last? Uh, it's been a while since we've seen each other. I know. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember what all I what all I watched. I watched Baywatch. How was it? Not great. Okay. It had some fun moments, okay. but it, it uh, there were so many. So so this movie is doing horribly in the box office. Yeah, it's getting which trounced. is really sad. I mean, it's not just compared to everything else. I mean, obviously, yes, Guardians is still the number one movie. Pirates is, I think, ahead of it. Well, um, Pirates beat. Yeah, it was Guardians. I forget what happened in between, and then Pirates is number one, and then um, mm-hmm. one presumes Wonder Woman will be. But one, if you, goes. I don't know if you saw the numbers on this. This was the lowest grossing box office weekend since 1999 i did see that mm-hmm. yeah um the well, because memorial day it yeah was, yeah it's the lowest memorial day normally a really big weekend and like pirates did fine mm-hmm. um but it was yeah it was a low low weekend yeah and there's there's a lot of concern that this summer <laughs> might be the lowest box office there's so many great movies coming out crossing fingers yeah um that with kind of all of the great streaming things that are coming. Cause we, it had to compete with orange. The new black just came out. Yeah. Uh, house of cards. It just came out. It was about to come out. Well, um, I mean, it, it, it's not super surprising, right? So, I mean, the, just the way everything has evolved, the, the best entertainment now you're generally going to find streaming somewhere. Like mm-hmm. d- d- in general, the quality of television is better than the quality of film, or at least the quality of, um, like big name television, the fact that like Amazon and Netflix and like AMC and FX are putting out the best stuff, those can all be found somewhere, oftentimes for free, right? Or for like a subscription service. And with movies, which the, would be the same as going to a movie, yeah. The, it's, I mean, what Netflix is what fifteen bucks a month? Oh, if if that, that's, I mean, like, that's as much as one movie ticket. Yeah, I mean, it was sixteen each for uh, each of us to go see Wonder Woman tonight. Yeah, like, it's it's insane. And so you compare that to like going to see a movie in the theaters, and it it's this sort of like. The movies now that um, get put into theaters have to be big to make money, but they're also so generic because they have to make a lot of money, and so mm-hmm. people they have to reach the widest audience. Yeah, they're not going. I mean, that's why I'm I'm glad one was doing well because it is a, a deviation, mm-hmm. if only for the fact that it's a female protagonist, a female director. It's it's a deviation from the norm. But yeah, I mean, it was not a good box office weekend. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, watch Baywatch. Not great. Mm. Uh, I watched Southpaw on my flight. Oh, that's back right. Yeah, from, you mentioned that. From uh, New- I was in New York all this week, uh, and that is not an airplane movie. Uh, I was bawling like full on gorilla tears in that Aww. last in that last fight. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it it never feel like the the stakes never feeling. It's like Rocky. The, it never feels like super intense. Sure, but. It, I don't know what came over me. It just it's just like I just I just want him to win. No. You have to do it, Jake. You just keep punching him, Jill and Hall. Just keep going, Jake. Just keep doing it. Do it for your dead wife. <laughs> um, 
but it was it was great. Yeah, uh, I I recommend it. it okay, I was I was a little. I mean, boxing movies or I mean just fighting movies in general are very hit or miss. Yeah, I mean I know you're a huge fan of Never Back Down. Such a big fan of Never so. Back Down. Uh, sequel not as good. Uh, amazed that they actually made a sequel. Uh-huh. Uh, but like, yeah, that franchise is not great. But like, Warrior was awesome. Yeah, I've heard good things about Warrior. Uh, and then this is fantastic. Yeah, uh, I think Warrior is probably the best so far, mainly because it's Tom Harding. I mean, wait, I mean, of all time boxing movies? Uh, no, no, no. Okay, uh, of just like recent fighting. Okay, movies. so I was gonna say like, there's Rocky. Yeah, there's Raging Bull. I love Raging Bull. I actually haven't seen it. Oh, it's it's pretty exciting. I know. I need to watch it at some uh, point. There's also I like am weirdly into boxing culture. I shouldn't. I mean, I mean I, you, you box. I, yeah, I I, yeah. I I work out box. Well, yeah, but I mean, still. It's... Uh, but there's a, a sh- an anime. We don't have to put this in the plugs. There's an, uh, an anime that really got me into it called Hajime no Ippo. Yeah, I'm not gonna try and find that. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, which is just like, it's one of those. Sh- I don't know if you've ever had this show where when it ends, all you want to do is go for like a five mile run because you're so motivated to do anything. Every time I watch John Wick or The Raid. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I get after every episode of that show. Yeah, uh, and I, 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 I hope they do another season because mm-hmm. right now it's only four seasons over the past like twelve years. Oh wow, mm-hmm. very slow moving show. Clearly, but the manga has been good. They passed their thousand thousandth issue, I think, last year. Damn, so they have a lot of material. Yeah, they just there's other anime that's being churned out right now. Okay, uh, but yeah, that's that's boxing and tv history there, there you go so so we, we got a, a positive recommendation for southpaw yeah and a not recommendation for baywatch a man if you have nothing else to do on a weekend it's still okay. fun it's still zach efron without a shirt on it's still the rock being the rock uh yeah, maybe hannibal burris is in it which i forgot i love hannibal burris yeah what he's just being himself as always okay. i wanted it to be good Oh, I wanted it to be good so badly. Every everything I've heard about it is that it's not. So yeah, I was a little disappointed. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah. Well, what are you watching? Uh, well, I hit the other half of the shitty Memorial Day box oh, office. Oh, did you do? I, uh, I was Pirates? Pirates Five. Yeah. Because again, like I, the podcast I listen to, like they all talk about these movies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I got to go watch these, and I, I was intrigued by it, and um, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I I love the first one. I think we've basically had just constant diminishing returns since mm-hmm. then. Um, this one, there are, are parts that are kind of fun. There are parts that are really stupid and don't make any sense, as yeah. you'd expect. Overall, it's it's kind of meh. Did you see the fourth one? On I did. Chain, uh, I didn't see it in tied. theaters, but I did uh, watch it like at home. What's it called? On Changing on Tide? Stranger on Stranger Tides. Thank you. Yeah, that's Stranger the one. Tides. Yeah. Again, these are these are okay. Yeah. Um, they make. Second and third ones look good, which says something. Yeah. Um, it's fine. I think if you're a fan of it, and again, you don't have much to do, I guess it's worth watching is like an, an entertaining enough distraction, but mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's far from good. Uh, but one of the things I did watch recently was the, uh, the documentary Batman and Bill on Hulu. I, I see ads for that everywhere. Yeah. Um, so I, I sat down and I watched it. It's really good. Um, so... Because I, mean, I knew that I saw the news that Bill Finger was finally getting his due credit for his co-creation of Batman with Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know the story behind it, and that basically what it came down to was that this this one guy who's kind of the center of the documentary um, was writing a book about Bill Finger and was really championing getting that kind of credit there. Mm-hmm. And there's this whole really interesting story that I won't go into because it's worth seeing in the documentary itself. Um, kind of about the people who actually end up making that happen. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I liked it. I mean, it's short. It's just 90 minutes. It's up on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Batman-themed, so it's, 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 it's Batman-themed. It's applicable I, to this podcast. We actually have a Batman-related bat plug That's this amazing. week, which is fucking amazing. We haven't had that since, like, week two. Finally, I know. Um, yeah, it's, it's good. It's worth checking out. There was things I didn't know about that that whole journey, and, like, a lot of things interesting about Bill Finger. If, if you watch it, though, it'll make you really fucking hate Bob Kane. Oh, always. Yeah, like, it really makes you hate Bob Kane. Yeah. Um, but uh, obviously, as we know, there is some form of happy ending at the end because his, he is now getting due credit and everything. That's awesome. Um, but it's it's worth watching. It's absolutely mm-hmm. worth watching. Um, I love those like making of documentaries. Yeah. Um, Th- there's another one that I've been wanting to watch. I'll watch it soon. It's um, Becoming Bond, which is all about George Lazenby, how he became James Bond after Sean Connery. Yeah. I really want to watch that, too, because I've heard it's pretty good. That's awesome. I love that story. Um, but yeah, we're checking out. Yeah, I'll, so. I'll definitely watch that. Yeah. Pirates 5, you can skip it. Batman yeah. and Bill. I, I assume you're Batman fans if you guys are listening to this. It's <laughs> worth watching. So nice. Yeah. Um, what do we got going on next week? What do we? Oh, I can look. I can look. Oh, we have a slightly weird. I have to go have a different schedule now because we're 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 off. I don't. Did I talk about this at the beginning of the episode? Did I forget. To oh yeah, this? yeah. You did. You, you okay. Did, yeah. Did. I don't know. We have a weird schedule. We're going Amazon schedule. Not, Amazon schedule. Yeah. Um, so schedule. it's like uh, Catwoman and Bane. Ooh. <gasps> oh, Bane. Bane. Oh yes. man. Finally. All right. So yes, yeah, so that's a uh, that's coming up next week for us, and uh, we should hopefully have our crossover podcast recording tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, pretty soon. We want to get that out if soon. The, if our if our asshole artist decides to finally make artwork. I know. I do have to say, it took a long ass time to get there, but your Gardens of Galaxy art is absolutely beautiful. Thank you. It, it, only three weeks late. Only three weeks. Fine. We'll, we'll make sure the Wonder Woman one gets out sooner. No, I, I have a rough idea. I I hope this week will be a little easier for me. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, we'll find out. We'll find out. But I mean, hey, you know what? Find out next week. I know. We'll find out soon. On Tim Talk. But again, I, that Guardian's art, man. Thank it's, you. It's really solid. It's well done. So, and if you want to check out Cameron's art. Oh, uh, yeah. Segway. Nailed it. Uh, you can find me at Cameron.Dexter on Instagram. Yeah. Where can we find you, Chris? I'm at Lordofer on Instagram and Twitter. I never post on Twitter. Just check out my Instagram. Yeah. I barely post on that either. And then, of course, the podcast itself is at TimTalkPod on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. So uh, check us out. Offer up recommendations if you think there's things out there you think we should be uh, plugging. Yeah. Checking out. Show me good things. I don't want to keep watching trash. Yeah, I know. Cameron needs help, guys. I mean, it's it's. I'm starting to absorb it too. I mean, I went and saw Pirates. 5, yeah. So he's he's rubbing off me in the wrong kind of way. So uh, by all means, send us some recommendations. And uh, as always, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.